welcome to the Fight for Top 6 podcast with me, Elle. And me, Elise. Man City carried on their winning streak against Wolves on Tuesday evening. Elle, what are your thoughts on the game? So I feel like everyone expected a Man City win. However, in the 15th minute, Dendonka scored an own goal that made it 1-0. And then throughout the first of the first half, Man City was... There was okay, but they didn't actually look like scoring. There was definitely, like, it was more of a Man City game. But I didn't feel at that time that they was going to score. So then comes the second half and Man City looked like they were slightly switching off. And then this then led to a Wolves goal from their captain, Connor Cody. And I thought, oh no, is this going to be the time when City is actually going to, like, lose their streak? But then straight after Wolves scored, Man City stepped up their game and they went into gear again. And it took them, it did take them 20 minutes to score again with Gabriel Jesus scoring in the 80th minute. And then in the when the 90th minute came, Riyad Mahrez scored and then J- Gabriel Jesus got his second and it finished 4-1. And I feel like that is probably a pretty fair result. Wolves did give like give a fight and they was trying. But when Man City are in their gear, like you just can't stop them at the moment and they are looking like they're going to win the title. But I feel like if other teams are now seeing when Man City sit back, they're going to know that they can score. So this might have like given this going forward, this might give Man City a disadvantage, but I feel like once Man City know what they need to do, they will, they're able to come away with three points. 100%. 100%. I definitely think this season is 100% going to Man City. I mean, it would be a definite shock of the season if somehow they don't end up winning it. But I, yeah, it was a 100% a Man City dominated game, most of it. And they definitely walked away the winners. But then we go on to a different game. We go on to Burnley versus Leicester, which was a 1 1 draw. Going into that game, I feel like everyone have everyone would have thought it would, would have been a Leicester win. I feel like some people may would have may would have thought like it might have been a draw or maybe Burnley might have come away with the three points. However, it was a quite, I'd say not boring game, but there was definitely like some attacking play and like some good like chances for both teams. But Burnley scored in the fourth minute. And then I feel like for the first 25 minutes, Burnley definitely had the better of chances, even though Leicester had way more of the ball. When they was going forward, they didn't actually look like getting it in the back of the net. And then Ian Acho scored in the 35th minute. And then it sort of like, it just went 1-1. And I feel like the game was sort of like finished. That's how I felt. But then in the second half, I feel like, there was just there was both going forward and they not one of the teams didn't look like they wanted it more than the other. I feel like they was both happy with the draw, which shouldn't have been the case for Leicester right now with trying to like stay up in the top four. But I feel like that would have been like a, a very disappointment for Leicester and where they should have come away at Burn from Burnley with three points. I mean, there's some interesting stats when you look at um the history of Burnley playing Leicester. Leicester have conceded the opening goal in both their Premier League meetings with Burnley this season, but both times they've seemed to manage to avoid defeat. So obviously this time they drew, last time they ended up getting a win back. But this is now Burnley's fourth consecutive Premier League draw at home. 
which hasn't happened to them since August 2011. So it seems to kind of, I don't know what Burnley will do, but Leicester just seem to have a, like, when it comes to Burnley, seem to let in opening goals quite early, which I suppose can be good and bad. It can go either way. That can give you the fire that they need to go out there and win it like they have done before. Or a game like this one where it just ends up in a draw. But then I suppose the next game is a bit of a shock when we go into Sheffield United versus Aston Villa. See for Sheffield United going away with the three points there, which is much needed for them. A hundred percent. And I would say going into this game, I would have not have had Villa down as losing. They've been without their captain, Jack Grealish, for a few games and he could still be out for a few games. But I feel like Villa are in the top half of the table and they should be trying their hardest to get all three points. And that just wasn't the case for this game. Aston Villa definitely started well and had a few chances where they came close, but obviously not close enough. The 30th minute, Sheffield United score. And I must say that Villa, Villa's defending for that goal was atrocious. When the ball got crossed in, David McGoldrick was at the far post to get it in the back of the net. And that was his seventh goal of the season. Chris Wilder was obviously hoping for a win, which would have got them their fourth win of the season. However, Villa came close in the second half by hitting the woodwork. In the 57th minute, Phil Jagielka got sent off, which from there on I thought, well, Villa are definitely going to 100% score from, from now. But that was, but even then they got close, but at times Sheffield's defence was so, so, so strong. And to add on to that, I would definitely have given Ethan Ambadu the man of the match. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think Sheffield United obviously played an amazing game to like have a man sent off, not really far into the second half anyway, and managed to keep pretty much a whole half of keeping Aston Villa out of it and not letting them score. That's obviously amazing for Sheffield United. They're obviously in desperate need of wins and that, and then three points would be vital to them. But I think Aston Villa will definitely be incredibly upset with that. Because obviously... They're now sitting like ninth in the table. They're only two points above Arsenal right now. So you'll fight for top six and you're sitting in ninth. You're six points out from West Ham, who are sitting in sixth. But bearing in mind, they do have, still do have two games in hand. But we said last week that you can have these two games in hand, but it depends on how you use them. And obviously, this game is not a good example of that because they've gone and lost. Then mm-hmm. three points would obviously have put them very much higher up. And then the two games in hand, if they were to win them, they'd be flying. But obviously not a great start for them to be losing. And then the last game of Wednesday evening was Crystal Palace versus Manchester United. That ended nil-nil. And Crystal Palace would have gone into that game hoping for their first league double over Manchester United. However... Manchester United haven't lost at Palace. Watching the first 15 minutes of the match, I thought United could score a few goals in this game, but I was obviously wrong. Even though United had 11 shots, Palace stayed strong and was able to keep the ball out of the net. I definitely think it's a big shock for Man United to go away to Crystal Palace and not come back with the three points. I definitely thought they were going to come away with the win. But then, which was also surprising to me, this was Man United's sixth goalless draw this season which is very surprising considering where they're sat in the table right now 
And then we move on to Thursday night with Fulham versus Spurs. I was obviously very happy with the uh, the result today. Uh, Jose made three changes to the team that beat Burnley 4-0 on Sunday. Then being Ben Davis came back into the team, Matt Doherty and Deli Alli got a start, which was, I mean, personally, I thought that was a very, like I was very happy to see him in the starting lineup. I think keep putting him on the bench and that he doesn't have his chance to like shine and come out and that I think starting him will give him that confidence but then Bao also made his uh, fourth Premier League starting appearance today as well which again I was very happy to see him I think them two players are two players I really like want to see more starting and getting out there and actually play him it was quite early on in the first half 20 minutes in that at the time it was thought that um, Delhi scored the first goal but then uh, when reviewed, it went down as an own goal by Fulham, which was unfortunate for them. But Delhi still stayed determined to get on that score sheet. He was constantly in the box. He was constantly looking for the ball and like just wanting to score. But then at the same time, Fulham, still, Fulham was still fighting. They were still in that game. They were never not in that game. And there was one point I generally thought they were going to score. But... Davison Sanchez made an absolutely amazing save and managed to get back and clear it as well. And it was really good. But Fulham definitely came out fighting more in the second half and had so many more attempts in comparison to Spurs. I mean, overall, they had 11 shots to Spurs' night. But yeah, Fulham 100% in the game the whole time. I mean, Fulham definitely came out more in the second half and were definitely fighting and had a lot more attempts, which obviously led to them scoring an equalising goal. But unfortunately for them, it went to VAR for a potential handball. And luckily for Spurs, obviously unlucky for Fulham, it was ruled out and like it went back to 1-0 to Spurs. That didn't stop Fulham. Like Fulham were constantly in the game the whole time. And I would say definitely in the second half, they definitely held more of the possession. It was definitely more in the box for them. And they had loads of attempts. But then I think something that I found sad, obviously Bao and Delhi both got subbed off at the same time. And Delhi looked gutted when he came off, which is understandable because he was so involved in it at some points that he was creating chances for the team to score and he was always on it but they got replaced by Lucas and Sissoko and but it was always still in Fulham's area like Fulham were constantly trying to score it wasn't really in Spurs' possession at all until finally Kane managed to get a break and had an amazing opportunity but I'll give it to Fulham's keeper he made an outstanding save like all the commentators were saying and everything he made an absolutely amazing save obviously I'm happy Spurs walked away with the three points but I would definitely say I think Fulham did deserve to come away with at least a point from that game. Like overall, they had all the possession mainly. And yeah, I definitely think Fulham should have got more out of that game. Um, I'll add on to that. I personally feel like not only because I'm a Chelsea fan, watching that, I felt like the second half, Fulham really needed that goal for their mm. confidence and just for their fight to like stay up. And I felt like Fulham was so, so, so close. And I honestly felt it come in. I feel like if there was an extra, maybe even five, 10 minutes, they probably would have scored. It was, it was like Spurs didn't switch off, but they, they didn't make it easy for themselves. 
they could have they could have held onto the ball a bit more and and just like maybe parked the bus a bit but they didn't seem to do that but I guess it is what it is and Fulham will be disappointed come away from that game without a point with the way that they played and then at the same time West Brom versus Everton was going on and Everton came away with the three points so Elise what's your thoughts on that game? Yeah, looking at it, I definitely thought Everton were going to come away with the win. Uh, they have currently been unbeaten in their last five away trips to West Brom. So looking at that, I was like, OK, they got a massive chance here of coming away with all three points. But West Brom kind of put a stop to that fault for a while when in the second minute they had an amazing shot at goal that unfortunately for them, Pickford got his hands to and stopped. But Everton also had a few chances in the first half. Unfortunately, none of them went into the goal and it was really bad for them. But it was Sigerson who came off the bench, who put the ball into Richarlison, who then obviously put it in the back of the net. And But then Everton hit a problem when Holbate went down with a hamstring injury. But they had used all their subs. So he was signalling signaling to the bench that he couldn't carry on he couldn't he didn't want to he couldn't carry on he was in too much pain because they'd used all their subs he had to come back on and carry on for the rest of the match which I mean is unfortunate for them because that could if he is badly injured and he didn't come off they could lose him for more games afterwards if he ended up doing something even major to it but unfortunately for West Brom Everton got a last minute equaliser but the linesman's flag went up and VAR confirmed it was offside. So it ended 1-0. This now means Everton have won nine Premier League away games this season. So for them, they are doing very well on the road. So going on from talking being really good on the road, Chelsea have come away from Anfield with three points. Last night, when I saw the lineup, I thought, okay, Tuchel is changing the team up again, but there's no change in that. He's always going to change the team. And I thought, I'm just going to, just going to give him like my trust and stuff. And he started Ziyech again, who I didn't think played that well against Man United. But Everyone knows at the moment that Liverpool are not playing their best football and people may say that could be due to injuries or it just might be Liverpool having a slip up right now. And I feel like the first going the first like 15 minutes of the game, Chelsea was definitely on the front foot. I felt quite confident, but then Chelsea would like, for example, lose the ball once and then it looked like Liverpool was going to score. I feel like Salah definitely was the one that was creating more of the chances. But then Chelsea going forward, like looked like they was going to score and it felt like I was waiting for them to score. But it didn't take long for Chelsea to get the ball in the back of the net by Timo Werner. But that was ruled out offside. And I feel like it's crazy because they're making up all these new rules for like offside and VAR and all this stuff. And he was offside by his hand. So 
it's just crazy at the moment with everything that's going on. And I feel like you don't play football with your hand. You don't play football with the top half of your body. Okay, maybe your head and chest at times, but your body naturally goes forward when you're running for a ball. So it's offside should count with by your feet, even if it's like an inch of your toe. Okay, that's offside. But if it's your hand, then I feel like that should count. So that was in the 24th minute and that was ruled out offside. You could tell that Werner really, really wanted, really wanted that goal. He needed that goal, but it is what it is. These things are happening this season, but then it didn't take long for Chelsea to actually score. Mason Mount scored such a lovely goal. It was assisted by N'Golo Kante and Mason was having a great game. The whole game, he looked like he was creating chances. He wanted to play. He was just, he was, you could tell he was enjoying his football. But there was times when I thought in the second half, Liverpool came out a bit more fighting, but it was pretty much the same as the first half. Um, Klopp made some changes. He brought on Oxlade Chamberlain for Mo Salah and Jota for Curtis Jones. And I feel like that definitely made an impact in for on Liverpool's point of view. They looked like they was going to score, but then Chelsea picked up the pace again and they made a few changes, even though I don't agree with them. But I feel like if we didn't make the changes we did, if we kept on Ziyech and Mason Mount, then we maybe possibly would have got another goal. But it come to like the last five, maybe five to 10 minutes and Liverpool was definitely like, it was all Liverpool. And I thought, please, 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 Chelsea, just hold on because this is putting us in fourth place right now and this is where we need to be. So it once that whistle blew at the end of the game, I was so relieved and I was very proud with Chelsea at the, during that game. I thought they was played pretty well. So... Yeah, so that's my thoughts on the Liverpool-Chelsea game. I definitely think it's mad, like, when you look at Liverpool, like, what has happened to Liverpool? Like, I know they've got, like, a lot of injuries and that, but at the same time, like, Leicester came away with loads of injuries and they've, like, you don't hear about that, but everything's always about Liverpool's injuries. But they went 68 games without a league defeat at Anfield. And it's like, that was the second longest run in English top flight history yet they've managed to lose their last five games at Anfield and it just makes you think like yeah you might have a couple players out injured well quite a few players out injured but wouldn't you have backups for those and Mm -hmm. backups you have would be good enough to keep it but I would definitely give it to Chelsea obviously they needed them points as well like everyone needs them in the like like at the moment with everything going on in the table, you would need them. But yeah, I just think what has happened to Liverpool, like when you think they won and now they're sitting in seventh, like they're one point above Spurs. I mean, obviously you look like Spurs haven't had like the best run lately. But yeah, I just wonder what is happening to Liverpool and will they actually be able to bring anything back from it and actually end up in the top six by the end of the season? I think it's definitely possible. I feel like the top half of the table right now anyone can be in the top six but Liverpool have still got Salah, Firmino and Mane as their front three and that's who they had last season when they won the title so okay 
Virgil van Dijk might be out and a few other players, but that shouldn't stop them from actually scoring the goals. But I guess it is what it is in terms of Liverpool's point of view. Um, they can say it's due to injuries or it's due to something else. But now that is it from us this evening. And we will be back next week talking about the fixtures from the weekend's games. And there is some big games coming up. Leicester take on Brighton away. And that's a big game for Leicester because they're going to want to stay up. Burnley have Arsenal at home. And that's 12.30 on Saturday. Aston Villa have Wolves Saturday evening. And on Sunday, there's a few big games as well. We have Liverpool at home to Fulham. Obviously, Liverpool coming off a bad streak of games. Maybe they Fulham can get sank out, but it would be much needed for them. We have the Manchester derby, Man City versus United, which could be an interesting one seeing the two at the top. Fulham host Crystal Palace. And then on Monday, Chelsea are at home to Everton and West Ham take on Leeds. So join us on Tuesday evening at 6pm for our thoughts and opinions on these results from these games.